Hey, Teresa, do you want to come over to my house and record an episode of Schmanners? But I live here. Okay, but don't stay too long. It's Schmanners! I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And as we said in our hilarious intro, this is Schmanners. Extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Now, Teresa, we uh, have been house guests. We, we have, have had house guests. Yes, you match my inflection very well there, my dear. <laughs> Couch surfing has kind of become a thing. Were you were you around when people did that? Do people I, stu- still do that? I had a friend in Cincinnati who opened her house up to like a you know couch surfing online network. That was basically like she said, "I've got a couch. As long as they're vetted by this network, they can come stay on my couch anytime." And the idea of that creeps me out. Yeah, it's a little creepy. I wouldn't want to couch surf on a couch that I didn't already know. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> Let's get into the nitty gritty. The the how you say nitty gritty. Having house guests, I think that all the work should really be done before they get here because uh-huh. once they get here, you're like too involved in having fun with them and getting away from them. Well, I feel like okay, just to be I I'm on your side. I agree with you here. And we can go down that avenue. I do think that there are two forms of house guests, though, that I've been privy to in my life. Okay. And one is the, like, hey, best friend, come visit me for a week, as we recently had with my best friend, Michael Bradbury. And the other version being, hey, I'm going to be in town for a week doing some business stuff and meeting people and doing a thing. Is it okay if I crash on your couch and, like, I'll be gone, you know, most of the day, and I'm just sleeping at your house. So what you mean is there's the house guest that you invited, and then there's a house guest that invites themselves. Yeah, but, like, more out of necessity than, like, a fun visit. More like, hey, is it okay if I crash on your couch while I'm in town? Okay. Well, regardless, you should always outline the number of days stayed, the arrival and departure before they get there. Preferably before they like make their trip plans, like their flight plans or whatever. That was a big question that we got. That was one of our elbows on the table question, which is how do I tell people to leave? And I feel like what you've just said is the perfect solution. Determine it beforehand. There are always exceptions in the case of maybe a new mother who has given birth and needs help with the infant. Um, oftentimes family members will stay extended times for that um, because there's no way of knowing exactly when they'll be comfortable taking care of the baby on their own mm-hmm. or if there is a, a, a grieving or bereaved loved one, maybe it might become a little indefinite. Um, but in that, excluding those outliers, I think that it is always important to figure out when they are coming and when they are leaving. Mm-hmm. And remember, this isn't rude. This is practical. Both of you have your own lives that you have to deal with. And especially for out-of-town guests, this is basically their vacation and it really sometimes is your vacation too. Even if you have to work or do any of those kind of things while they're here, having something outlined as to when they're coming and when they're leaving really makes all parties more at ease. So don't feel bad about talking about that. 
Um, I will also say just as a personal um, practice, if I know I'm going to be staying with people for more than like four or five days, if I'm going to be there for, God forbid, longer than a week, like two weeks, I always offer like, I would be happy to get a hotel room for one or two of those nights and give you a break and let you guys do your own thing. Because after a while, even if you love someone so very much, if you're in their house for two weeks, not long enough to get comfortable, but long enough for it to be like, I really miss just being able to live our own lives. No matter how much you love someone, it gets old. Exactly. That's when they become kind of a de facto roommate that doesn't pay rent. That doesn't pay rent. It doesn't have their own food. It doesn't own any of their own stuff. Well, so we will cover some of the um, guests' rules for staying at someone's house a little later in the podcast. But I want to say in in the idea of scheduling the actual visit, it's important that you tell your guest what it is you have planned for them. Um, for instance, when Bradbury came, we told him we were going to take him to Disneyland. And so... <laughs> I like how casually you said, we told him we are going to take him to the happiest place on Earth. <laughs> well, but I'm saying that it's important to tell them so that they can plan accordingly, accordingly and pack accordingly. He needed to make sure that he had good walking shoes because it is, you know, it's a fairly large area. He needed to make sure that he had appropriate clothing because His it is pack. hot yes it's hot in california and maybe if he needed to bring i don't know sunscreen or whatever any yeah. of that kind of toiletry stuff that he's supposed to bring if you let them know ahead of time it's going to make it easier for you and for your guest um let me ask you this we have kind of been talking about a little bit in the context of like staying with people who are in a house or maybe like you know the only people in the house what if you have roommates like, do I need to check in with my roommate and say, like, hey, I'm going to have a house guest? Or does that only matter if they're going to be, like, in the living room? I imagine that this is a different scenario if it's like, hey, this person's going to come stay with me in, like, a romantic stay-in-my-bedroom manner. And another thing if it's like, hey, they're going to come sleep on a couch for a week and a half. All of those matters should be discussed because the reality is if they are your house guest, even for a night, they are also your roommate's house guest. So in the way of people staying three or more days, um, especially if they are going to be staying in a common area, you have to let them know. In fact, I would say ask them if it's okay to tell someone, hey, I'm going to have people over is really, I don't want to say insulting, but I do want to say that it is presumptuous yeah. to be able to say, I am going to do this with our shared space, period. Not, is that okay? Um, because it is shared space. But if it is a romantic relationship, hopefully you and your roommate have a good enough communication circle that you can talk about those things as they happen. Overnights are something that um, should be discussed with everyone in the house because I don't want to wake up and find that my roommate has a boyfriend or girlfriend over that's making breakfast in the kitchen that I don't even know. That's weird. Last thing about arrival is you should really give clear directions as to where you live, how they're going to get there, where you're going, are they going to pick you up, are you going to get a taxi, all that kind of stuff, just to keep the stress of traveling low. So if that covers arrival, what now? What next? Well, next you should show them their accommodations. Okay. 
a lot like when you check into a hotel and you go and like scope out your room. You should take them up to where they're staying, um, whether it is a guest room or a guest house or even just the sofa. You should show them where they're going to be sleeping for the rest of the time. Included, show them how a fan or an AC works or maybe show them where the bathroom is and how the shower works, how the shower and bathtub works. Especially if you have a finicky one where it's like, Oh, it has to be set here or it's going to burn you or it's going to freeze you. Show them that ahead of time. Point it out at least. Yeah. Cause you don't want them to be like naked in your bathroom. Like, Hey, Travis, <laughs> how does this work? And you're like, are you naked? And they're like, yeah. And you're like, oh, I'll try to talk you through it like it's a bomb. Then once you've shown them where they are staying, you should leave them for just a few minutes. Kind of like let them get settled. Maybe if they want to unpack anything or just kind of. Especially if they've been traveling all day. Exactly. Maybe they need to freshen up. So leave them for a few minutes. Um and then tell them that they can join join me in the dining room when you're ready. I don't really know many people who have dining rooms, but maybe join me on the couch. Let me ask you something. And this might be part of this. It might be part of the arrival. I'm not sure. But it's a question we got a lot. So say you're in a one-bedroom situation, right? So you got a one-bedroom and you have a couch. Mm-hmm. Should you offer the person your bed and that you will sleep on the couch aside from the few extenuating circumstances no it's really just more awkward mm-hmm. um, if you've done your setup the way that you should and if there are like say two people and one couch you should have talked about that before they got there and said listen I'm really happy to have you here Travis but um, know that if you bring your brother Justin I only have one couch, mm-hmm. so you might have to share, or one of you sleep in a chair, or I maybe I'll find an air mattress for you. Okay, but I would say if it was like an older relative or somebody, then yeah, I'll figure that's that. definitely an yeah. extenuating circumstance. Um, depending upon you know um, if they are old or pregnant or. Um, if there are many guests, like I've seen people who, when they come for Christmas, if there are three or four people in a family who maybe need a separate room, you can offer it to them. But for your average friend house guest, I would say no, because that's just so much more awkward for them to have to say, oh, absolutely not. And then if they feel awkward saying absolutely not, them awkwardly being in your bed, it's bad all around. Well, let me ask you this. Noel asked this question on Twitter. Can a guest help themselves to food? That's another thing that when you show them around their accommodations, you should let them know. Oh, please help yourself for any to anything in the fridge except for the blueberries. Those are for pancakes on Sunday morning. So that way you outline what it is you are allowing them to help for themselves and what's off limits. Mm-hmm. Um, Speaking of working for themselves, helping for themselves, um, and Siobhan, I'm going to guess that's how I pronounce your name. I'm so sorry. Not my strong suit if I'm wrong. When you're hosting and you're really tired, is it acceptable to just tap out and go to bed or just get away because other people are tiring, leaving them to entertain themselves for an evening? You know, everyone's sleep schedules aren't the same. This happened when Bradbury was in town where he was like, get to be like 11 in midnight and I was tired. So is that cool? 
it is cool as long as you outline to your guest why you're leaving. So instead of saying, oh, it's uh, 10 o'clock and I'm going to go to bed, really honesty is the best policy in a polite way. Say that I really have to work in the morning or I've been up very late. Please help yourself to my Netflix queue. Um, and if you've got a complicated home theater setup, you know, where it's one of those things like, well, you have to hit this button on this remote and then you switch to this <laughs> remote, show them ahead of time. Because I've been in that circumstance before where I was the guest and like I just fumbled with controllers for like a half hour before I just sat in silence staring at a turned off TV and then I would just sadly go to bed. Well, we're going to go through that in sort of our guest expectations, but... If you find that you really need a break, odds are your guests need a break, too. Everybody likes a nap. If nothing else, just be like, hey, do you want to take a nap in your area? And I'm going to take a nap in my area. <laughs> or maybe a nap on the hammock. Oh, wouldn't that be well, nice? I mean, if you have a hammock. I We'd wish, all love a hammock. To I, wish I, I wish I had a hammock. We all wish we had hammocks. It's 2016. We all want a hammock. Where's our hammocks, Obama? So that leads in very nicely to what should you have for guests in your home? Well, one of the questions we got about that was from Stuart, who asked, how many towels? So as far as towels go, I would say that if a person is staying longer than three nights, they need two towels. Um, the first towel for the first few nights and the second towel for the next couple nights. Um, after that... Please do some laundry because you really shouldn't use towels for more than two or three times. I know you're clean, but do some laundry. I would say three nights per towel. Well, what about this one? Rachel on Twitter asked, is it the host's responsibility to have spare toothbrushes, towels, and jammies in case of sudden unforeseen sleepovers? No. Um... Sudden, unforeseen sleepovers. I feel like towels is an easy one. Right, because you, you probably have more than one towel clean at any point. And if you don't, you should have two towels. I think there was a long period in my life, I would say probably from like 18 to 24, where I only owned one towel. That's not living. But you guys, you deserve more than one towel. You deserve more than one towel. It's, it's not that big of an expense. But, Treat yourself. But the thing is, you're not a convenience store. You shouldn't be expected to have extra toothbrushes and floss picks or whatever it is that you think that these people need. Um, hopefully they are close to you if it is an unforeseen sleepover and they can borrow some of your loungewear for sleeping in and being comfortable in. Um, but having those things stocked, really not a necessity. Well, what about this question from Rachel on Facebook? which was how far do I need to bend in accommodating? If someone has extreme dietary needs or some super specific hypoallergenic pillow, is it okay to expect that they bring that kind of stuff themselves? Um, she said extreme dietary needs and super hypoallergenic pillow. I think that if they have those needs, they should travel with those needs or at least let you know beforehand um, in your uh, arrival agreement uh, when they might need to go to, say, Whole Foods so that they can purchase those things. Um, they should really travel with them or plan to purchase them on their trip. You being expected to supply those things is really a, a burden. Um, let me ask you this. This was another uh, elbows on the table question that we got a lot, which was, 
what about the stuff in the shower? So, like, we've got a whole bunch of stuff in the shower. I got some beard shampoo. We have, you know, various body and face washes and shampoos and that kind of stuff. If if you have a house guest or you are a house guest, is that stuff in play? I do not believe that you should provide those things. Um, if you have travel toiletries from hotels, wouldn't that be a nice gesture to have those? But to expect them to use your toiletries, I don't think that that's appropriate. Um, Especially in the case of like loofahs. Right. Please don't use somebody else's loofah. Every person in the home should have their own loofah. But let me go through a quick list of the things I do expect you to have. Blankets, lights in the room, and you would be surprised. I guess that's true. And most of our apartments up till now, we haven't had overhead lighting. We've had to just put our own lights in. And I imagine if it's a room you don't use that often, maybe the bulbs are burnt out or you don't have a light set up. I get that. Right. Make sure there's lights in the room. Emily Post suggests reading material, which is not a problem in our home. We have tons of books and magazines, but maybe you're a minimalist. You should provide at least one or two articles just get an Uncle John's read. bathroom reader, put one in every room. You're welcome. It's a great idea to have blinds or curtains on the windows because if they are an out-of-town guest and they are not used to your time zone, there may be sun in times that they are not used to sun. So please have those. Um, have some water for them, whether in a pitcher, in a glass, or in a water bottle. Um, it just makes it feel very welcoming. Please make sure there are tissues in their room should they have an allergy attack from your dogs or really just the dryness from the air is affecting them have some tissues it's very nice for a person especially when people travel if i go to a different location i always have a day or two of allergies because i'm not used to that environment right and along with those tissues have a wastebasket in the room in the area so they have somewhere to put their things it would be very nice of you to have a place for them to put their clothing if they choose to unpack maybe some hangers or a coat rack or a drawer we talked about having towels in the bathroom, one towel for every three nights. Along with that, it would be nice if you had maybe some soap for them or a drinking glass or maybe a new roll of toilet paper, something that says that you thought about them coming. That's another thing, too, when we're talking about the showing them around. If you have extra toilet paper, like in a cabinet in the bathroom, especially if they're going to be there for a long time, say like, and there's extra toilet paper underneath the sink. Exactly. You really just want to show that you've thought about them being there and it wasn't an inconvenience for you. And I don't think you have to go so far as to have like a hospitality basket or something like that. But, you know, just stuff that you wouldn't expect. Like towels. If you have your own towel and it's very special to you and a very like Linus, you know, Hitchhiker's Guide (laughs) to the Galaxy kind of way. Go to Those town. were two very appropriate references. Thank, Thank you. you. But most of the time, you can probably expect that your host will provide a towel for you. Right. And uh, I want to go back just a second to the idea of not having a specific guest room. Another part of this is just making sure that it's clean, that you've made room for their things. All of this stuff is about thinking about them being there. We're going to talk more about this in a minute, talk about what to do if you're the guest, and we had a lot of questions about gifts. But first, here's a word from another Max Fun show. I 
I'm Allegra Ringo. And I'm Renee Colbert. And we host a podcast called Can I Pet Your Dog? Renee, can I tell you about a dog I met this week? Uh, I wish that you would. In turn, though, can I tell you about a dog hero? May I tell you about a dog breed in a segment I like to call Mutt Minute? (laughs) I would love that. Could we maybe talk about some dog tech? Could we have some cool guests on, like Lin-Manuel Miranda, Nicole Byer, and Ann Wheaton? I mean... Yeah, absolutely. I'm in. You're on board. What do you say we uh, we do all of this and put it into a podcast? Yeah, okay. You think? All right. Uh, should we call it like I don't know? Can I pet your dog? Sure. All right. Uh, what do you What do you say we put it on every Tuesday on Maximum Fun or on iTunes? Sounds good to me. <laughs> Meeting's over. Okay, so let's talk schedule. It can be a little tight. I used to run into this when people would visit us in Cincinnati where, like, I would have to go into work or that we had, like, a doctor's appointment scheduled or something. Exactly. And, Travis, I really think that it's important to just be upfront with your guests about your schedule. If you guys have to get up at 645 in the morning, let them know. That way they can plan accordingly. Um, You don't want to feel bad about waking your guest up, but also you live there. It's important for you to have a little give and take while they're staying. What about the other way around, though? Because I wake up. Just about every day at 6.30 in the morning. And that's abnormal. I realize that. So if I'm staying at someone's house, do I need to like let them know ahead of time? Or do I just need to lay in bed frozen as quiet as I can, trying not to disturb my host? You should let them know of your schedule the night before. And let them know that, listen, I really have a weird body clock. I wake up at 6.30. And then they can plan accordingly by setting out things like, fruit and cereal and um, telling you how the coffee maker works, all this kind of stuff of things that you can do when you're up and not wake them up to find out how to do. Basically, just make your expectations clear. If you have kids and there are places to go and things to do, letting them know is really the best thing. Nobody wants a surprise wake up call. Let me ask you this. This one comes from Nina on Facebook. Good ways to keep your house guest entertained, fed, cared for if you have to work while they're visiting, especially if they don't have a car or a way to get themselves around. That can be tricky, especially if it's just you and them and you have the one car. Do you just leave them at your house for the eight hours while you're at work? This is a little tricky, but in the age of the internet, you can really just let them know some of the things around and then hopefully they get around by themselves. Not only that, it's Lyft and Uber, folks. Like, I know. We have so many wonderful options to get around, especially if you live in a bigger city where not only is Lyft and Uber an option, but there's always public transport and that kind of thing. And think to your point, the best thing to do in this scenario is give them enough lead time and say like, hey, just so you know, on Tuesday I have to go into the office for eight hours, so you might want to think or uh, something else to do, or see if you know anyone else in town to hang out with, something. Exactly. Making your expectations clear is a really big thing when you have a house guest. Um, yours, it would certainly be so much fun for me to have to have a printout of all of the things that we could do, you know, but here in LA. But that's because we're dorks. Like I like the, that too. But... Like the museums and the La Brea tar pits is and the... all that kind of stuff. But... Um, you're not when you are not spending time with that guest, it really is up to that guest to make the most of their time. 
It's also important that everyone at home knows that Teresa and I are the type of people that as soon as we get to a hotel, no matter how crappy it is, the first thing we do is crack open that binder that they give you oh, and yeah. look at everything in the air and be like, oh, there's a doll museum. We I want to swim in all those brochures. We never go to it, but we love knowing what's nearby at the Columbus Holiday Inn. <laughs> so let's say we get into a scenario where the predetermined end date has not happened. Right, it was an open-ended stay. The person showed up, and said, "I'm going to be here for a while," and now it's been, let's say, seven, eight, nine days, and they are not talking about leaving. They haven't even bought their ticket home. How do you politely, without ending the relationship, say, "Hey, I need you out"? I think that it is appropriate to quote Emily Post for this question: "Be firm." Example, Tom, I know we didn't set specific dates for your visit, but the reality is you should plan to leave by the day after tomorrow. Thanks for your understanding. And then remember the guest thoughtlessness before deciding whether or not to invite him again. That's fair. You know, that's an excellent point because that's one of those things where I would sit there and worry so much that I'm going to upset that person. But really, they're taking advantage of my goodwill and they're with, without making plans to leave. That's rude to me. The day after tomorrow, I think, is, a, is enough lead-in time for you to say you've outstayed your welcome in very, very polite words and to give them enough time to make other arrangements. Yeah. And, you know, if nothing else, it really, I think, would depend on my relationship with the person. Like, if it was somebody I was super good friends with, that I think it'd be like, hey, I need to get my life back, dude. Like, do you have, do you know when you're going to leave? Because it should probably be soon. I just have to get back to work. I got to get this stuff back together. Whatever. I think the other option is discussing whether or not you want to charge them rent. Well, maybe not that. Because there's no way for that to not be sarcastic. I mean... That would be kind of um, a last-ditch effort. Well, you know, I kind of turned my nose over that, but we did get a lot of questions where people said, like, my, you know, whatever extended relative has talked about coming and visiting for months at a time. And I think that's definitely like, okay, that's, you're using my utilities, you're living in my home, you're eating right. my food level, where it's like, yeah, you you are a roommate at that point. Again, that's something that needs to be discussed when they are making the plans so that if they plan to be there for, say, three months, they can contribute to groceries, they can contribute to chores, they can contribute to gas if you need to shuffle them around. All that kind of stuff should be worked out beforehand to avoid this situation. You mentioned chores. That was a big one that we got a lot of questions about. Should I do chores when I'm there as a house guest? Because I've been in a lot of scenarios, especially like when I'm staying at someone's parents' house, like when we go visit your parents, we're all offered to do stuff and you get told like, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it or something along those lines. Great. Um, I would say to help out, offer to help out, especially in the kitchen, because a lot of our lives revolves around food, but don't press the matter. Offer once at each meal, and if they begin to really look harried, my inclination would be to start doing it myself regardless. If I'm there for three nights, which is really as much as you should spend without being very close friends. Well, isn't that the Ben Franklin quote of like fish and friends? 
<laughs> both like spoil after three days. Yeah. Um, if I'm a very close friend, I would feel comfortable spending more than three nights. But other than that, um, at that point, I would probably just start clearing the table myself, start rinsing the dishes myself, start putting them in the dishwasher, you know, if they have a dishwasher, um, and really taking charge as if it was my own home because they deserve a break. Nobody should have to be a maid in their own household. What about things like the room in which you're staying or the bed that you're sleeping on, especially like when you're leaving? Are you responsible for like tidying that up and stripping the bed and doing that kind of thing? I think it is appropriate to ask the host to say, what would you like me to do with your bed? Why, when you're on your last day? Mm-hmm. So that you can, if they... Br- request that you strip the bed or leave it as is or make the bed or or, or whatever it is so that you can be respectful to their wishes. Other than that, personally, if I'm staying in someone's home, I make the bed when I leave the bed for the day. It's just nice to do. Um, But other, other than that, it really is up to what you and your host have agreed on. Well, speaking of, so Kyle asked on Twitter, if it's three or more days, should the host offer to do laundry? Should the guest ask? I feel it is appropriate for the host to offer laundry services um, because it is difficult for a traveler to pack for an extended stay without reusing their clothing. So it's very thoughtful as a host to offer those laundry services. And what are... Um, Rory asked on Twitter, what are the rules for turning down snacks if you don't like how they taste? Seems oddly specific, Rory. Are you often entering a point <laughs> where you're a house guest or someone, but you're not comfortable saying like, oh, I don't eat Cheetos? Um, well, who doesn't eat Cheetos? That's ridiculous. But you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm certain that we will cover this in a later episode. Take a bite and then don't finish whatever you have on your plate. It may seem wasteful to you, but if you don't like it, I wouldn't want my guests to eat something that they don't like. Take one bite. You don't like it. Leave it alone. Don't say anything at all. Some of the rules for guests maybe we haven't covered up to this point are um, please show that you're enjoying yourself. It's, it's important to the host to make them feel like they've done a good job, even if maybe it's not your cup of tea. Um Double check to make sure you have all your belongings before you leave. Just like you would in any hotel room, don't leave anything behind. Try and bring your own toiletries if you can. Um, We talked a little bit about things in the shower. Don't use other people's loofahs. But bring your own toiletries. You don't know what they have. They don't know what you like. Bring your travel size toiletries. It'll make everything easier. Let me ask you a question. And this and Heath also asked this question on Facebook. Not just me, Heath and me. Do I have to wear pants when I'm staying at someone else's house? I mean, I guess like he probably meant like sleeping. Let me be fair to Heath. He did ask, Do I have to sleep in pants? I misread the question. Not do I have to wear pants? Do you have to sleep in pants? You don't have to tell your host that you're not sleeping but in pants. Laura also asked, like, if you're in the living room on an air mattress or you're, like, sleeping on the couch, you probably don't want to do, like, God forbid, in the buff, but, like, especially 
but also not like in boxers or shared underwear. spaces are definitely different in shared spaces. You want to make sure that you have for men, I would say at least boxers on women, at least a shirt and underwear on um, because that covers all of the most private sections. Um, if you're in a private accommodation, like a guest room, um, just Really, if that's the way that you like to sleep, don't mention it. Don't talk about it but in do polite close your conversation. Door. But do close your door. Do close your door. Yes. Hey, Teresa, can we talk about my favorite thing about hospitality and house guests? Oh, yes. Let's do. Pineapples. Travis has an affinity per- for pineapples, so much so that he has a tattoo I do. on his wrist. I do. You see people at home. A pineapple is a universal symbol for welcome and hospitality. Um, I know this. My mother was obsessed with them, and they were all over our house when I was growing up. They were like the motif of the wallpaper, and there were wooden carvings of them. So we have pineapple stuff here. And the idea it's uh, so here's what I know about pineapples is that one, they're often given as like housewarming, welcoming gifts. And two, my favorite pineapple tidbit. In the 17 and 1800s, pineapples were so prized and so hard to get that a pineapple would have cost you, well, in today's money, $8,000 per pineapple. But they were so popular as centerpieces for parties that you could rent them by the hour. I love that. That makes me so, the idea of renting a pineapple for three hours makes me so happy we had people ask about the pineapple do you have any more uh illuminating to do as to the pineapple well the pineapple specifically has a little bit of a a, a regional meaning it can mean several things depending upon where you are I have read that whole pineapple and cut up pineapple have different meanings. Sometimes the whole means that you're welcome and the cut means that you need to go. Sometimes it's reversed. I would say that those kind of regional meanings are often lost on the guest if they're not from the same region. Um, And so the pineapple has fallen a little bit out of favor as a passive aggressive tool. But it's really great to give people out a housewarming because you'll get really weird looks. Hopefully, we are able to elevate awareness of pineapple as a housewarming gift so that when I hand a pineapple to people at their front door, when they greet me, I no longer get that look like, oh, pineapple. <laughs> and like, I, I don't have to explain that a pineapple is a traditional housewarming present. So, hey, everybody, if I give you a pineapple, it's great. If I give you a cut up pineapple, you're dead to me. Oh. So we had a question from Meg Carter as to what to bring as a housewarming gift. Easy, pineapple, done. Maybe also like a bottle of wine or like a succulent, but definitely a pineapple. All of those are great ideas. Um, I recall seeing questions regarding whether or not you should bring a gift with you or send a gift after. All are acceptable. All of these things are to really show your gratitude. Mm -hmm. If you would prefer to get to know the habits of your host, before you leave and purchase one while you're there. That's acceptable as well. What about taking them out to dinner? Also, I mean, like, thank you for hosting me. 
also acceptable. Um, all of these things really are just displaying the gratitude. Should you thank them profusely? Yes. Um, but all of these other things are really just an outward display of the inward gratitude that you feel. Handwritten notes, wine, um, plants, fruit, taking, treating them to dinner. One of the things Ayla brought up was um, on Facebook was the idea of like a party tax, which is like if you show up to, if someone has a party at their house, you take more than you know you're going to need. Like you bring a 12 pack of beer and you know you're only going to have like five or like you bring a jumbo bag of chips because it's the idea of like you're leaving some behind for the host. And I think that that's an unspoken rule that most people I know kind of adhere to that idea of like at the end of the party, you don't take everything home with you if you take anything at all. Exactly. Exactly. It's. It, I wouldn't call it a party tax. I would say that it's a gratitude offering. Someone opened their home for for you and their friends, and that they should be um, thanked for that. Um, so here are a couple of uh, examples that Emily Post gives. A best-selling book. Hand or beach towels, packages of napkins, maybe monogrammed. That shows definitely some forethought. Desk calendar, sturdy canvas bag. Um, maybe you can apply to their interests and hobbies for a golfer. Maybe some golf balls for a person who likes to cook. Maybe some herbs and spices. You can really tailor it to the person that is hosting you. Maybe you have a friend who collects weird taxidermied animals. Get them that. Maybe you have a friend who loves weird porcelain castings of pigeon feet. Great. Get them that. Or maybe you had a really great time and you can frame a picture of the great time you had and send that along afterwards. Maybe that and the pigeon feet thing. Maybe both pigeon feet and a nice picture of you guys having a good time. Uh, I guess if they're into pigeon feet. I'm just saying, I'm just saying if we're talking about tailoring, you wouldn't want to send pigeon feet to anybody, but if they were into like porcelain pigeon feet. Yes. Okay. Thank you for agreeing with me that pigeon feet are the best host gift. Wait, no. No, that's what I heard. Uh, um before we Tra wrap up, I, Teresa, before we wrap up. Travis. Pigeon feet. Is there anything else that you would like to share with us about being a house guest, having a house guest, any of those things? Please share your expectations before they get there. The more that you communicate, the better time you're going to have. Let me tell you guys something from, from me to you. I am a person, I like to plan a lot of events for my house guest. You know what I mean? I like to have an itinerary full of fun stuff. But what I've learned in my wizened old man years is that <laughs> you have to tailor the experience for your guest. If you have a guest who all they really want to do is lay on your couch and hang out with you and like watch cartoons all day and that for them is a super good time, do that. If you have a guest who loves having an itinerary and going out and doing things, do that. But never forget that if you have someone coming to visit you, they're coming to visit you. There's no better gift that you as a host can give them than your attention and your love and your fun and all of that stuff. That is a lovely sentiment, Travis. Thank you. You've taught me very well, my dear. Um, so that's going to do it for us. Thank you so, so much for joining us. And thank you for everybody who's been rating and reviewing us on iTunes. We have a ton of really great reviews on there. And I have been, no exaggeration, incredibly flattered. Like, I've blushed at how wonderful these reviews have been. So if you wouldn't mind being a part of that, 
go to iTunes and just real quick rate and review. Also, I am very happy about the amount of people who have asked to join our Facebook group. It is very, very wonderful it's to me. It's blowing up, y'all. Blowing up. And you too can be a part of it if you go on Facebook and just search Schmanners, S-H-M-A-N-N-E-R-S. And you should follow us on Twitter if you don't already. It's, uh, get in on the ground floor, folks. It's blowing up. Uh, we're blowing up Facebook. We're blowing up the Twitter. You can follow us at at SchmannersCast. And you should check out all the other amazing Maximum Fun shows. Check out Still Buffering. It's brand new. Uh, launched right alongside of us. And I'm very excited. Next week, we're going to add trends like these to, uh, to Max Fun. Um, but there's a ton of great shows on there. Not a Max Fun podcast, but I'm very much enjoying Griffin McElroy and Rachel McElroy doing Rose Buddies. I am too. It's their Bachelor fan cast. And even if you don't watch The Bachelor, which we don't, it's a super great podcast. They are so funny together. Um, let's, there's lots of other podcasts. If you like this show, you're going to love Sawbones. That's the one that kind of inspired us to do a show like this. Um, go check it out. I think you'll dig it. I love Sawbones. Uh, we also want to send thank you notes to Brent Black, who did our amazing, amazing music. We're actually working on getting that as like a ringtone. If that's something you guys would be interested in, let us know. You can tweet at us at SchmannersCast. I would be interested in that. Yeah, me too. It's really, really good, right? And Kayla Wassell did our design. I I love it. Literally, every time I look at it, every time I show it to anyone, they lose their minds over how adorable it is. I would love to send my thank you note up to Emily Post. I love you, my girl, Emily Post. So, and one last thing I want to say. I want to give an advanced thank you note to you for sharing this show with a loved one or a friend or just somebody you know. Say, hey, I'd love you to check out Shamanners. It's so good. They're really funny, and they talk about manners and etiquette and stuff, and that's a thing that the world needs more of because we're just starting out, and we need your help getting the word out there. So let them know, man. Share the link. Whatever you need to do, we appreciate it. We do appreciate it. Our next episode is going to be all about theater etiquette. So if you have any questions, you can tweet at us, you can email us, or you can post them on the Facebook group. And check out our holiday special that we put out yesterday, all about Valentine's Day, the history, the customs, all of that. Join us again next week for another episode. No RSVP required. Thanks for listening to Schmanners. Manners. Schmanners. You get it? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.